This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Danny Z of Z-Bucks. You probably noticed our new podcast site at adultsitebroker.com. It has a more modern look with easier navigation and more information on our guests, including their social media links. You'll find all that at adultsitebroker.com. And we've doubled our affiliate payouts at ASB Cash. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. We've also added an events section to our website at AdultSiteBroker.com. Now you can get information on B2B events on our website as well as special discounts reserved for our clients. Go to AdultSiteBroker.com for more details. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer a gay blog that's been in business for over 12 years. The blog highlights new talent in the gay space, gay porn news, mainstream gossip, and a just-for-fun section. The members area has lots of content you won't find in the free area. The site only takes 25 hours a week to maintain. The monthly costs are minimal, so the site is very profitable. There's an email list of over 29,000, and the site has over 165,000 social media followers. It has great potential for growth if it's purchased by a larger company or a small one where the owner will put in a little more time. There are over 600 member posts, including videos and images. The traffic is all organic, direct, and social media. No ads have been purchased. Users come primarily from the USA, the UK, and Australia. Only $450,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Danny Kaufman, a.k.a. Danny Z of Dick Bank. Danny, thanks for being back with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Great to have you. Uh, Danny is the owner of affiliate program Z-Bucks and Dick Bank. PeterFever.com, DudesRaw.com, and ComePigMen.com. I always mess that one up. The company's excellent affiliate tools, top-notch support, and industry-leading payouts have made their affiliate programs and membership sites some of the most well-recognized in the industry, especially in the gay space. Danny is an adult film producer and 20-year industry veteran. In addition to his own studio websites, he runs pay sites and affiliate programs for a diverse group of studios and porn stars, including Dominic Pacifico, Axel Abyss, Yoshi Kawasaki, and Venus Lux. Recently, he added to the roster WooBoys.com, FrockTheWorld.com, DamianXDragon.com, and Australia's largest gay porn site, AussieDolt.com. He's also done consulting work for companies such as Titan Men and GameLink, as well as Adam and Eve. 
So, Danny, that's all the time we have today. I'm sorry. So- <laughs> yeah, that was a long list. <laughs> and one of the, the web, one of the websites was uh, AussiesDoIt.com. I think you said AussiesDolt.com, <laughs> but oh, it was close. And oh, it, it was a capital I. It looked like an L. My bad. <laughs> hey, maybe you should do AussieDolt.com. That sounds like a like good that. one. <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> Came up with a new site for you. You have to check on that domain. <laughs> exactly. So, Danny, fan sites are obviously huge today. Now, talk about navigating the waters between studio porn and fan content. Um, yeah, so that's that's a good question. That's why I asked it. Yes, exactly. First of all, too, I just want to thank you for having me on the show again. It's always uh, fun to talk to you. Hey, man, I've missed you. Yeah, it's been a little while. I know. Um, so, yeah, so that's a good question. So, fan sites really have uh, changed the landscape of how we as studios and producers have to mm-hmm. work together with uh, models to create content now. So um, some of the ways we've gotten to get models to work for us, um, and it is a little more challenging because there are a lot of these models that will only do fan content, but slowly I think right. we've been winning them over by being able to work together more with them. I think more models are coming to realize that we can help them promote their fan sites as well, just as they're um, helping us to promote their studio scenes. We also offer um, all the creators that work for us to be affiliates of our websites so they can earn money uh, posting their scenes or, um, you know, even just like retweeting or things like that. And also we let them know, you know, for a lot of these fans, um, it's a huge advantage for them to be in studio porn because, of course, we're introducing them to a whole new audience. So they get more followers and more fans on their own. So we've definitely had the experience where models have thanked us for hiring them uh, because in addition to the money they're making from their scenes, they're also just gaining lots of new followers and fans and it's helping their business as well. So I, I think the more that we can work together with creators and, you know, make it a win-win situation for them, um, I think it's better for everybody. So uh, usually our models are super happy and excited to promote their scenes, especially on Peter Fever, where I think that we've really got some great models that, um, you know, that love working for us and love promoting us. We love promoting them. So it works out pretty well. So what's happened with Peter Fever? The last time we talked to you, had just gotten it. How has that progressed? So, yeah, it's really taken off. You know, during the COVID era, you know, we had the few months that were record months when everybody was surfing porn, but then we ran out of content and we had a year of not really being able to film very much. So then we did like content trades and things like that. But now we're back into producing full swing. We just finished a very exciting uh, movie with a um, uh, up and coming uh, fetish kink performer that goes by. No pun intended there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we, we just finished a movie called Tied Up Tuesday, which is a kind of a bondage themed film, a rope bondage which is pretty exciting. I got tied up for the first time um, just to see what it was like. And I'm like, oh, I can see why people are into this. This is actually uh, pretty interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so next week, I'm actually off to Mexico. We're going to do a shoot of uh, pairing some of our Asian models with Spanish boys. That'll be called Peter Fever's Latin Fever. So it's it's been fun. It's fun producing again. It's, you know, fun traveling and 
shooting in new locations, finding new models. So it's, it seems like things are kind of getting back to where they were before the whole COVID thing. So I, I, a positive thing. From your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> yeah. So, so our, our economy isn't very happy right now. Hey, the COVID money ran out, right? How is this impacting your company and the industry overall? Well, I can say for our company, we've been pretty stable, fortunately. Good. I do think that for the most part, porn is pretty recession-proof. But I do find little things like anytime we run a sale, you know, things will be going great. We'll be getting lots of signups. We stop the sale and it's just, it'll be dead. Like nobody will sign up at all for like a week. So what we're trying to do is just figure out ways to give customers more value because I think people are really looking for a deal these days. I mean, um, they don't have as much expendable income. So we've kind of been working on that a little bit with our sites. Like how can we give that more value to the customer? So they stay a member, they think it's worthwhile to join. So like, for example, we're merging some sites together so that they get more content, you know, like more bonus sites or, you know, we'll try to do discounts on like yearly memberships as opposed to just like half off the first month where they're just going to join and cancel right away and then wait for your next deal. So we're really trying to figure out ways to reward our long-term customers. So that's, that's one way that we've been kind of navigating these waters. But um, when you think about it, I mean, I still think a monthly porn membership is a good deal. I mean, if you're paying $25 a month, I mean, that's one night at a bar having a few drinks. Not even. Um, not even. Yeah, exactly. That's one drink. <laughs> exactly. That's one drink if you're in like West Hollywood or something. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think also kind of reminding people that, you know, they're actually supporting the performers or supporting us to be able to create the content for them. So I think we just have to be a little more creative and express to the customer how they're, you know, getting good value for their money. Yeah. I think everyone should be doing that putting as much value forward as possible. And they always should have some added value as opposed to just buying a membership. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, whether it's having some kind of community on your site where people can comment or we've also integrated um, where for some of our creators, they can create custom videos for their fans, just things like that, that give them something extra really do make a big difference. Sure. So along with that, with inflation and everything else that's going on right now, is it still possible to raise prices in this climate? Yeah, so it goes a little bit back to what I was just saying. We have been able to find creative ways to raise some of our prices. So one way that we've done that, we have some sites that we're streaming only. So what we decided to do is we kept the monthly streaming price the same, but then for $10 more a month, we offer downloads. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and actually we find a lot of people that like the downloads. We were getting a lot of requests for downloads. So we offer it uh, on a few of our, we're rolling it out on more sites now, actually. All the longer term members, we automatically give them the downloads. But for um, if they just want the straight monthly membership, it's just $10 more a month. And that's actually been working pretty well. It is a little bit more difficult to raise prices right now. If it's a site that's already got streaming and downloads and you want to raise it, you kind of have to go slow. We've been successful doing it in 2 or $3 increments, but I have tried more drastic raising of prices and sales just plummeted. So, I mean, that, that's just been my experience. 
Um, I guess it's a little bit up to the website and the niche and how much content as well, but it's definitely something you'd have to experiment with. Sorry about can, my phone. Can everybody in the that. room please turn off the sound on their phones? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Sorry. Really? <laughs> no worries. So recently we lost an industry icon and a dear friend and business partner of yours, Scott Morris. Talk a little bit about Scott's life, how he helped mentor you in the business with his kindness and caring personality. Yeah, so Scott is someone uh, very dear to me. To talk a little bit about his life, first of all, um, it was he has quite a uh, a past. You know, he he grew up in New York and came out as gay very early at like sixteen years old. His family didn't accept it, so you know he was on the street at sixteen as you know a prostitute, and and then he just happened to be in the very first gay pride march when he was around that age. Um, he saw the Stonewall riots. He was there for all that. Um, he started bartending at the gay bars, I think, by the time he was like 18 years old. And then he started DJing, one of the first people ever to be a DJ. And um, he was DJing at the bars in New York. From there, he also became a porn star. So he was being photographed for magazines and stuff like that. And in porn videos, you know, from the time he was 18. And eventually, you know, he just kept saving up his money. And then uh, he ended up buying a bar. He had a, I can't remember the name of it, but he did have a um, a bar that was popular in New York in the 1970s. Later, he bought another bar in Miami. So, you know, throughout his life, he owned gay bars. Like when I knew him, he had owned a couple of different bathhouses in um, San Francisco. Ah, yes. Remember those. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He started, uh, well, first of all, he started a production company called Factory Videos, which I'll tell you more. I eventually became a partner, and now I'm the owner of uh, the websites. So he started that, and then he also became the president of NAMBLA, which is the North American Bathhouse Association. Hmm. Those all disappeared during AIDS, I believe. No, that one's actually still around. They actually just had a bathhouse convention uh, last year. They're going to have another one this year. Last year was in Las Vegas. I was completely fascinated by it because it's just a whole other world that I never knew existed. And they all have their own laws that they're dealing with, just like we do in the porn industry. And I'm a little bit surprised that there's not more of a connection between the porn industry and the, the bathhouse industry. Well, maybe you need to make it. We were kind of working on in that convention. Um, hmm. So more domains to buy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an area to keep pursuing. Yep. So, um, so long story short, um, yeah, he was a man of many talents. Also, the other big thing that he started is communion, which is a, um, a bathhouse party that happens all over the world every week and just about every big city in the U.S. as well as other countries. He was really a historic figure, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, and he had just so many amazing stories. I mean, like I really wanted to make a documentary just on his life. And I, I wish I had done it because we had talked about it. Well, you still can. He's just not here. You can certainly still do a documentary, but, you know, it would be posthumously. Yeah, exactly. I could still talk to, um, you know, his, his lover the last uh, 30 or so years, Gordon, and 
um, his employees and, you know, all the people that knew him, you know. Yeah, plus there's probably some video out there. I'm sure he did some some interviews and also some audio that you can get your hands on. Yeah, exactly. There is definitely some. Wish I had had him on the podcast. I know. He would have been perfect for it. I wish I'd given to you to him I before. I should have thought of that. Me too. <laughs> I know. But yeah, so so I first met him, it was probably about 15 years ago at the Phoenix Forum, or 10 to 15 years ago at the Phoenix Forum. Isn't that where everyone met? <laughs> I think so. That was the place, man. I miss it. I, I wish they'd bring it I back. I was just going to say that. <laughs> God, I miss yeah. that show. Hopefully it'll come back someday. Yeah, I hope so. But the funny thing is, we had a great meeting, you know, um, we were going to do a bunch of business together. That's when we, you know, started talks about us, you know, running his affiliate program and stuff. And then I found out he was my neighbor in San Francisco at the time. Like he literally lived across the street from me. He could look into my apartment. (laughs) I wonder if he did. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) And you his. Yeah, exactly. We, We would wave to each other every now and then. Where were you living in the city? So we were both on uh, near Polk and O'Farrell Street, if you know that oh, area. Oh boy, yes. The Tender Knob, I think they call it. God, that was uh, that was an interesting intersection. It is probably still is. <laughs> it's oh yeah, even more interesting now. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so so after that, um, we obviously became close. It was an instant connection because we lived so close together. We'd hang out all the time and. Um, uh, you know, whenever I had troubles or questions, problems, I could go to him. And, you know, he always had, you know, amazing advice. It's tough to lose a person like that in your life, isn't it? Yeah, really. Because you just, you're, you expect to have that person to be able to text or call. And he was one of those, that uh, you know, we would text, you know, at least, at least a couple times a week, we just text and send some, you know, funny shit to each other or something just to make each other laugh. So uh, he he was a really special character. I think everybody that knew him, I mean, everywhere he went, he would just, you know, he'd make a, we'd go to a restaurant and he'd become best friends with the waiter by the end of the meal because he would just be finding some way to connect to them and make them laugh. You know, even if it was like a, a straight Republican woman or something, somehow he he just had this skill of, you know, making people like him and making people laugh. And he was just a great person. I think for me that, that was like the greatest gift is just for me to try to have some of that, uh, you know, use some of that energy in my life to bring, um, you know, love and kindness and, you know, humor to people. So really quite a loss for you and a loss for everyone. You recently purchased Scott's share of dickbank.com, including Dudes Raw and Come Pig Men. What plans do you have for those sites? So, what we're currently working on is we actually want to merge the Dick Bank sites into Z-Bucks. And the reason we want to do that is it's just easier if everything's in one place in Z-Bucks. It makes it faster for affiliates to reach their payouts. All their sites are in one place. All their stats are in one place. We don't have to go back and forth between different programs. So I think that's going to make things easier for everybody. But because I, I really love that domain, Dick Bank, I just think it's... Oh, yeah. Just rolls off the tongue. I think it's a beautiful domains. So the plan is to um, take some of those sites and some of the sites from our, some of our other Z-Buck sites and create a large, I would call it like a multi-site network, you know, where you get say 15 sites for the price of one or something like that. Oh, that's neat. 
Yeah, almost like a Netflix or, you know, kind of where it's where we want to go with it, where it's just can wank all day to the dick bank with all the <laughs> porn you're going to get in the dick bank. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can, you can, certainly can use that for B2C. That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of my thought about it. I think it's just kind of a perfect domain to use for that. So, and I think it'll be, you know, great affiliates will have something to promote where, again, really just want to showcase all the value, you know, you're, they're going to get thousands of videos and, you know, all these different studio channels, et cetera, et cetera, for one low price a month. So that's kind of one of our big projects that we're working on now that we hope to have done, you know, within the next couple of months here. Well, we'll have to talk about it on the podcast. So, of course, hopefully it won't take three years this time to get you back on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We won't talk about that. So, (laughs) obviously, numerous states are proposing new anti-porn regulations, including age verification and other laws that are hurting our industry. Louisiana and Utah are just the first. Other right-wing states are joining in. How can our industry fight the war on porn, and what are you doing about it? And by the way, as we record this on May 4th, the FSC just filed suit in Utah against Utah. So I guess that's a start, huh? I just saw that today, and I was very excited that happened. I was just thinking the same thing, like, why isn't the industry fighting back against this? It's obviously violating you know, our freedoms. So I was very happy to see that happen today. From our end, we're just kind of taking a wait and see approach. Um, I haven't blocked Utah yet. What I was looking into doing was putting a message on our websites that say something like, due to the laws in Utah, blah, 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 you need to send us your ID to view adult content. I'm not sure if we're exactly there yet. I mean, I feel like I kind of want to see where this goes with the Well, you have to hope there will be some legal challenges that will tie these laws up in court for a while. However, Louisiana is already in place. Have you done anything about that? We have not. I did hear about it. Again, it's... um, You know you can be sued, right? I do know that, yeah. So it's one of those things where, I mean, we probably, we should look into some options. I don't know. You might be more on the, like, you may have followed this more closely than I have. Oh, very um, closely, sure. And I had Allison Bowden from FSC on recently in a two-part series. So if you haven't listened to that, you should. Everyone should. That's the beauty of podcasts. They're always there. The FSC is really doing a lot. People don't see all the work they do. And under Allison, I don't think they've ever been stronger because she comes from upper management, as you know, you know, she used to run kink and other companies. So she certainly knows both sides. Yeah. And I would certainly seek a legal opinion on both states as well as any other laws that come up. And I would pass that advice on to anyone. I'm certainly not an attorney and I don't give legal advice. And my only legal advice is talk to an attorney. (laughs) Right. Which is great advice. Um, I do, I do definitely need to look into it more and just mainly see how we can protect ourselves. Are you aware of any like age adult verification systems uh, people are using for this already? Or? Yeah, I am. We can talk about that offline. But uh, Verify My Age is certainly one that's very good. And we've had them on the podcast as well. Which, uh, Gavin was on from Verify My Age. So that's another place where people can get resources on that. 
I'm going to go back and listen to some of your podcasts tonight. <laughs> well, I don't know why you're not listening to all of them, Danny. Come on. <laughs> What's wrong Come with me? Come on. I thought we were friends. <laughs> so, yes, I think everyone should be very aware of this stuff. Now, I don't know if Verify My Age's solution is compliant with what's happening in Utah and Louisiana. But Gavin would certainly know that, and he's really easy to reach Gavin at verifymyage.com, I believe it is. So what do you see as the strength the adult industry has against these forces, and what do you think our weaknesses are? Well, I think one of the strengths is, just as you're mentioning uh, FSC, I think more of us really need to get on board and help them. They've always been a great organization that have fought on our behalf. We're upgrading our membership, by the way, just to let you know, and I challenge everyone to do the same. Exactly, yeah, and we have a membership as well. I'm going to definitely look at what I can do to add to that, especially now with all these things happening. We need them more than ever. I mean, and I would say the weakness is that it often feels like we in the adult industry don't join together enough to to kind of fight these people that are trying to disrupt our business and our freedoms. Obviously, we're much more powerful in numbers. But it's a lot harder for us to act on our own as individuals and we're for all joining together to fight against these forces. Yeah, and I think an organization like FSC is the way to do that. And we need to support them in any way that we can. Monetarily is obviously the best way to any nonprofit in order to make sure we've got the ammunition to take care of it. They've hired lobbyists to go to D.C. and some of the state legislatures, I believe, represent us. And I think the only way we can keep that going, sloppiest or not cheap, is to support them. And I don't understand why any pay site owner isn't a sponsor, not only a contributor, but a sponsor of FSC. I think that they should have thousands more sponsors because they're doing everything they can within their limitations. I agree. And not only uh, porn site owners, but I think even creators on old platforms like OnlyFans, you know, anyone that's in any part of the industry, I think, should be fighting for this. And even people outside the industry that are customers and want to support the industry, I think it would be great if they were contributing to this. Um, really, what, what I think we need to do is have more you know, PSAs and public awareness campaigns that explain our positions clearly, all the ways that, you know, of course, none of us want children to see adult content. These are all the things we're doing to block it. You know, here, you know, we put the RTA stuff on the websites. Well, ASACP is another one that needs to be supported because they're the ones that are doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think if these um, government officials would work with us, you know, work with these companies, We'd all be happy to work together to make it so children don't see adult content. But, you know, just doing a blanket ban like this is unconstitutional, and I don't think it's uh, fair to anybody. Agreed. So what are the limits for creators on fan sites, Danny? Why is it better for performers to also have their own pay sites? So this is obviously something I know a lot about is um, we've, we have uh, fan creators uh, that we have created pay sites for in our um, affiliate program. One of the reasons is there's there's just a lot of limits for fan creators. For example, they can't post content shot outdoors or in public. They can't have uh, pissing content or some of the different fetishes like that. 
and also um, the interface of these fan platforms just aren't customer friendly. Like you can't download videos on them. There's really no search functionality. It's just like a wall that you scroll up and down. And another thing that, you know, is really bothersome for a couple of our guys who we run sites for, um, because of course, when they have a site with us, we want to be competitive with their only fan pricing. Did you know that uh, if you have members on OnlyFans and you want to change your pricing, say right now you're $9.99 and you want to change your price to $15 a month, the only way they will let you change your price is if you cancel all your old members and try to get them to join again at the new price. That's the only way they'll allow to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I've had a couple of uh, creators tell me that and I'm just like, wow, why would anybody want to be on a platform where you just have no control? And they can change everything in a moment, you know, when OnlyFans obviously over a year ago decided for about 15 hours they were going to get rid of porn. They made everyone really nervous and then they changed, of course. They have no control at all. I know people that were told, oh, you, you have to remove 100 videos. Or I know people that have just been playing kicked out of the platforms and, you know, all their money taken away. So there's really just no safety with being on a fan platform. I don't know why you wouldn't want to at least have a, a website on the side in case things go wrong. Oh, and I've got another podcast coming up, by the way, with uh, Ari Saunders, who has a company, I believe it's called Creator Sites, if I'm not mistaken. If someone needs to get a hold of me, I can give them all the information and how to reach Ari. Her social media should be on my new website, which will definitely be up by the time this runs. And any creator can get a very low cost website done through her this is probably going to make her very busy, but she does a wonderful job and she's a creator herself. So well, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's something we do as well, but we're more selective because we just don't have the manpower to create sites for everybody. But if it matches, you know, the sites in our affiliate program and kind of what our traffic is and what we're interested in, then we're, we're always looking for new clients as well. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm talking about everyone in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be your people. But you can certainly send people there, too, if it isn't within your, your niche. Well, that's perfect, because I do have people I have to say no to a lot. So I would love to have somebody like her I can say, go to her. Well, good. We'll talk then, because I'd love to send her some business so we can talk off mic as well about that. Sure, that's perfect. But the other thing, too, um, for performers that don't have a pay site, uh, they also don't own the members, so they don't have their email addresses. They can't market to them that way. Um, they don't own the domain. So so basically what we do for them is, you know, we create a customized experience for their members. And from a marketing perspective, even though we talked about the affiliate market is a bit more shaky than it used to be, but there is still a lot more traffic opportunities. We still do well with blogs and uh, review sites and stuff like that. We get a lot of traffic from SEO. And we also do tube uploads and email blasts and send a lot of internal traffic from our other member sites, you know, through cloth sales and banners and the whole shebang. So there's just a lot more ways for them to get traffic than just posting on Twitter, you know, for example, which is all most of them do. We were talking about that before we got started and we can certainly get into that. By the way, one other thing that should be added there are alternatives to OnlyFans, everyone. 
On the gay side, just for fans, is very, very popular. Dominic Ford owns that. And we've got a, his second appearance on Adult Site Broker Talk coming up. It will have run by the time this is on. And I'll tell you, not only that, but loyal fans and all of that, there are certainly other creator sites than OnlyFans. So diversify because you could lose everything. And yes, definitely have your own site. Everyone should have their own site. There's no two ways about it. So the affiliate model has certainly changed over the years. There was obviously a big boom some years back and then a bit of a bust. How do you see affiliates now and what types of affiliates are doing the best? So you, you are right. It's definitely gotten harder for affiliates. And I, I don't know exactly why that is, or I guess part of it is just the saturation of uh, there's just so much content out there now. It's harder to get through all the noise. And then also social media has just taken up so much of people's time and energy. People don't go to, you know, like link list or TGP sites anymore, obviously. <laughs> well, let's face it. Social media sucked up all the oxygen in the room. That's exactly what it is. I agree with you. It's uh, uh, the social media has just sucked up a lot of the oxygen. I, we still have the traditional affiliates that do well, which are going to be your your tube sites, there's a few blogs or some review sites that do do well. But one new way that we have been having success is actually by getting our models to sign up as affiliate and post their scenes on social media. We'll give them like a, a link which has a discount code on it. You know, and they're actually getting some some pretty good checks every month in addition to getting paid for the scenes they did. So it's kind of extra money for them. So that's that's good for them as well. And then we also, whenever they post stuff, you know, we'll retweet it for them. And, um, you know, we try to help out with that as well. So I still think affiliate programs are an important piece of the pie, which is why I don't understand why there's so many programs out there now. And you see it all the time on XBiz. I see it on the Gay Demon Board, which I moderate. Do you moderate that now? Maybe then I'll go back on because I got booted off of there a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, come back on. I'll, I'll talk to Bjorn if necessary. <laughs> yeah, it was Bjorn. It was definitely Bjorn. Okay. All right. I can talk to him. I can get you back on there. Good. Um, but yeah, so um, the biggest thing I see people on these webmaster boards saying is none of the all these big companies aren't paying them. Um, I won't name names, but there's several very big companies that people have to chase after constantly for a check. That sucks. Yeah. And it's it's just... It's like they don't care about affiliates anymore. They don't respond to emails and things like that. Um, I'm not saying this as a plug to myself, but we've never missed a payout in 20 oh, years. Go ahead, plug yourself. I might as well plug myself. We've never missed a payout in 20 years. You know, that's we all respond all about. to emails. I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. That's what running a business is. So it's like, to me, I think people have just given up on affiliates. You know, like any other business, do your due diligence, okay? Ask around and ask if people are getting paid. Go ahead and post on the boards and say, hey, I'm thinking of signing up for XYZ affiliate program. What are your experiences with it? And these, well, these are the affiliate programs I'm thinking of signing up for. Trust me, you'll get answers. Exactly. I mean, do due diligence. Yeah, and there's still some. There's still a few good ones out there, which I, you know, I could tell you the ones that are good and that do. We still affiliate with. I'm still an affiliate as well. I affiliate to lots of programs. So, <laughs> go ahead and mention some. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, of course, Intense Cash is a good one. Charged is good. They always pay us. Who else? There's um, 
Buddy Profits, you know, Fal- Falcon, Naked Sword, they're always good guys. They always pay on time. Flirt for free are great. So there's definitely good programs out there that have been around as long as we have and treat things like a business. And So what are the advantages of signing up with Z-Bucks as opposed to other gay affiliate programs? Besides what you just mentioned, they will get paid. Yeah, um, I think the advantage would be that we cover just a really wide variety of niches. We've always been what I call a, a boutique affiliate program, like serving very specific niches. I mean, we have sites that are anything from like pitsandpubes.com for like people with arm, armpit and pubic hair fetishes to um, Japanese women peeing on each other you know like you know we we really get into the uh we've got a lot of different kink and fetish sites um and a lot of really original websites uh that website uh, frocktheworld.com uh is one of the new ones we just signed up which is very interesting it's um actually came from a uh, underground fanzine in new york that had a lot of uh, just queer erotica so there's, um, you know, you're going to find a lot of trans women, trans men, there's gay content. Um, it's all very artfully done, very erotic, almost a little bit more like 70s porn. Some of it's really experimental and it's just totally different from anything else that's out there. That is kind of what we, we always look for. We want, we like brands or creators that produce unique content, something that's different, something that's interesting, something that's exciting, something that's new. So I, I think that that is the advantage. And especially if they, um, you have a certain niche, you know, you have a blog or a website about and you want to promote a, s- a certain niche, odds are we'll have something to fill that niche because we pretty much, we have quite a few bases covered when it comes to different kind of fetishes and niche websites. <laughs> and we're always adding more. So nice. Nice. So you're a veteran in this industry. Talk about where gay porn was when you got into the business and where it is today. Um, well, wow. <laughs> when I got into the business, I was uh, I first got my start. It would have been back in about 2000. I was working for a company called Adult Check. I was managing their gay porn website division. At that time, it was like, You'd make a site with 50 photos and maybe a few videos. And then the credit card was used as age verification, which kind of come, comes full circle because we're almost back to that now, <laughs> except for even back then they said, well, the credit card isn't actually any kind of age verification. But one thing that is different, though, is nowadays, I mean, you can get free porn anywhere. I mean, when I first started, I mean, really, there wasn't much outside of Adult Check. You had to buy the Adult, adult Check Pass to see porn. So in a way, it did keep a lot of porn away from children seeing it at that time. Um, but uh, nowadays, it's like porn is pretty much everywhere. I mean, it's even on the social media sites like Twitter, it's on all the tube sites, you know, it's, it's very easy to find everywhere. So it will be interesting to see how the, the age verification stuff progresses. And if that does actually make a big comeback, just as it, you know, as it had been back when I started. Well, we hope everything continues to go well. So where do you see gay porn going? What are the areas of potential growth? So what I'm seeing, um, like nowadays, I think I think people are going to come back to the studio sites. I feel like there's just so much amateur porn and fan content out there. Sure, everybody wants to just see sex and 
you know, people getting off, people that they're attracted to. But I do think there's also going to be a strong demand for more story-driven, you know, an artistic, higher-quality porn. That's something beyond just sex, like going back to, like, uh, back when they had porn playing in theaters and, you know, it was, you know, more of like a movie with some little more explicit sex. That's always been what I've enjoyed watching, just where you actually get to know the characters a little bit before they have sex. I, I always just think that's kind of hot. So I, I do think, though, I mean, that's something with Peter Fever we try to do. A lot of our movies are, you know, have storylines and stuff. But I, I do think that there is going to be more demand for that. And I think hopefully, I mean, people have tried it. Um, I'd love to see it happen where a porn movie could even break into the mainstream and, you know, be something more than just porn, but just rather it's just an artistic movie that happens to have explicit sex in it. Kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That was a mainstream movie that had lots of sex in it. It so. did. That is very true. And there are others. There's like Short Bus is another one I can think of. Hmm. That was a good one. Well, you have to hope. So whatever happened to your podcast between two cocks and when am I going to be able to be a guest on it? <laughs> well, we did our first episode, which was lots of fun. Um, you, if you type in between two cocks and my name, Danny Zeman, uh, Z E E M A N on YouTube, you can find it and have a good laugh. But, uh, basically what happened is COVID. Ah, yes. Who's your guest, by the way? Oh, so my guest on that one was, uh, Chris Koloff, who's actually our director, uh, for Peter Fever. Uh, he also runs a site which he owns is alternadudes.com. He also does pitsandpubes.com, the, one of the websites I mentioned earlier. Yeah, so he was the first guest on it. It was a fun first episode, but fortunately, the whole COVID thing hit right after that first episode. And I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it definitely put it on the back burner because I had planned to go to the show and bring some, dil some dildos with me and <laughs> go to the dildo companies and see if I could get some sponsorships. You know, I would love to bring it back. So if you're going to be in Europe... For any of those European shows, I'll bring some dildos. I will. I'm going to sit you in between those dildos, so you better be ready, Bruce. <laughs> hey, man, I'm always ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Danny, I'd like to thank you for being our guest again today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope it won't take three years next time. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen sooner than that. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Thank you, too. My broker tip today is part three of how to buy a site. Last week, we talked about finding the right site to buy. Once you find it, what do you do? Once you've either reached the broker of the site or the seller, review the information about it. The broker should provide you with the following. A profit and loss statement of at least three years that's up to date. If it's June and they give you financials only through the end of the previous year, you need to see what the site is doing now, not last year. If it's a pay site, Get a username and password for the site so that you can review the content. Ask how often the site is updated. Get some history on the site. How long has it been in business? The story behind the site and why the seller wants to sell. Get an inventory of the content and how much of it has current technologies. Find out if all the content is exclusive to that site. Ask the seller if the content has ever been on VOD or DVD. See if there are any clip stores the content is on. Find out how much the content costs to produce and what the current cost of production is. Very importantly, 
See if this operation can run without the owner. Do they do the shooting themselves or do they hire someone to do it? And if there's an outside producer, will that person continue to provide content for the site? Find out how many new joins and rebuilds there are a day. Ask them what's the retention rate on the site. And find out if they do advertising on the site and where they get their traffic. Ask for Google Analytics access so you can see where the traffic comes from. This information will give you the opportunity to truly evaluate what it is you're buying. Then if everything looks good to you and you want the site, it's time to make an offer. Only you can decide what the site is worth to you. If you're working with a broker, say, oh, I don't know, adult site broker, of course your broker can help you determine the value of the site. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with sex toy expert, Kim Ayers. And that's it for this week's Adult Side Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Danny Z of Z-Bucks. Talk to you again next week on Adult Side Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>